welcome to another exciting podcast from Sydney Life Church. And now, here's Pastor Tom Ingalls. It was interesting, last week I was ministering down in Melbourne and um, uh, people, someone asked me about our church and stuff and, and uh, I don't know how we got in a conversation, but it came up, you know, <clears throat> does people go out from your church? And I said, we've had some remarkable things happen in our church We we people just if I can call them ordinary people, and I say that respectfully, <clears throat> who've felt the call of God to go and do something dramatic, incredible. Um, I mean, we've got Pastor Jim there who goes into the nations, has been into China probably more than any other Western, if I could call him a Western pastor in the world. Um, you know, we've got Kate, who's just gave up everything and went to India to, to rescue um, women in, in trafficking. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got Natalie now in, in South Africa um, working among the AIDS orphans. And uh, we've got Penny who goes to Italy just on her own, gets up there and goes and does stuff in Sicily. And, you know, <clears throat> I got on, we got on this conversation and this person said to me, well, it sounds like you're a real sending church. And I said, I've never actually thought about it like that before, but maybe we are. Maybe that's just something that God does. Um, I don't know. But I want to keep some of the best as well. <laughs> Pastor always wants to do that. <clears throat> and praise God. Uh, but it was just an interesting thought. So uh, we, uh, we just thank God for you, Catherine, and for your word. And for uh, there's an obvious maturity in that word. And uh, we thank you for the time that you've spent before God, that you can come and share this with us. But also that you can take that to the nations to to share that kind of stuff doesn't come because you prayed last night because you knew you had a, to say something this morning. Amen. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Father, we just thank you for your word. We're excited about your word. We thank you that your word is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can go anywhere. It can do anything. And it will. And this morning, Father, I ask you to help me again, Lord. We're uh, communicating that which is on your heart to your precious people in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> just a special... Hi from, uh, from me and Barbara to quite a few new visitors here today. So we, we're so glad to see you and you're very welcome. Um, so uh, just relax and have a good morning. You know, <clears throat> turn to John chapter 5. Uh, John chapter 5. I was going to share with you, but I changed my mind and I'm sorry. I mentioned to you on family matters, I was going to share on the, uh, the seven enemies of Joshua. Last week, actually, at this conference, they asked me to speak, do a special, an additional afternoon tea. And um, I spoke five times, and then I says, okay, we'll do it. And I said, can I speak on anything I want to? They said, yeah. So I spoke on the prophetic, just the, the picture of the world and where we're going right now and what's happening in the world. And I thought, you know, it was actually, it was really good. And, and um, I thought, I'm going to do it for my church. I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to do it sometime to give you some insight into what's what I believe is going on right now in the world and the spirit but I'll just give you this little bit because I did mention it that the spirit that we're seeing rising in the world right now that's very predominant in the world it's the Canaanite spirit the Canaanite spirit is exactly the spirit that the um, the ISIS movement carry it is a spirit of uh, of of fear it is a generic spirit, it is a covering spirit, it's a spirit that ISIS and the Muslims carry right now. It's a domineering spirit, which is exactly what the Canaanite spirit was. It was a generic spirit that was over all these other 
uh, spirits, the enemies that, you, that God says you have to occupy this, and by this you will know that I'm among you if, you if you can get rid of these spirits. So it's important, and I will teach it at some stage. But, you know, the spirit of uh, the sexual spirit is the, the, whole, the whole sexual drive was, was prominent among the Canaanites, as well as the lust and the love for money. So they carried these very, very powerful traits. <clears throat> and uh, this is basically what God says. He says, God says, when you go in there, Joshua, you annihilate all of them. Said the same thing to Moses. You get rid of all of them. You have to know that I am with you. So God is basically saying, when you get rid of these spirits, you're going to know that you're going to have to use me. You're going to have to depend on me, rely on me to get rid of this spirit in these end times. So the church has got to rise up strong to eliminate this um, this spirit. So I will talk more about that in, in time to come and we'll, we'll go through it properly. I'll share about what I believe some of the wars and how it's all going to work out. It'll be a really prophetic, maybe we'll do it one evening, a prophetic night where I'll take you through stuff. I'll show you some maps and show you um, what's pending with the whole Russia thing, the Iran thing, the Turkey thing and, and everything. So uh, we'll do that at some stage. But today I want to talk about, <clears throat> about stirring <clears throat> the Stirring the waters. God is stirring, amen? amen? And you know what? You can feel it. <clears throat> I don't even have to tell you this. You guys are feeling it. You know, if, if, you're, <clears throat> if you're in the right place with God, and all of you are, so I'm speaking to the wrong church this morning. I should be somewhere else. But if you're in the right place from, with God, you're feeling a stirring. Amen. You don't necessarily know what it is, but you're feeling something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling that, that God is doing something in the church. I'm feeling that maybe I, I haven't gone the by you state. Maybe I'm going to be useful to God. Some of you are feeling that God is going to do something incredible in and through your life. You know? Because the devil has lied to you, man. And he said, ah, you're just a nobody. You're this, or you're that, or the next thing. But God is actually saying, no, no, no. I'm going to use you to do something powerful. Because that's what God has created you to do. Is to be someone powerful in the kingdom. This is a powerful kingdom that we, we belong to. This is not some Mickey Mouse kingdom. This is a powerful, glorious kingdom. And I've said it to you a hundred times, you know, that God is excited about you. You're the best that God has got. I was preaching to some people that are not charismatic, not some of them are from different churches, but they were actually getting excited because I said, you are the best. You are the best that God's got. God's talking to the angels. I'm making this bit up. But God's talking to angels saying, this is the best that I've got. When the angels and the saints have gone before us say, who is this? God says, that's the best that I've got. Someone needs to get excited here this morning. That is you. Come on, you need to stir yourself up, man. And say, that's me. God's talking about me this morning. So John chapter 5 and, uh, and chapter, uh, chapter 5 and verse 3. It's a familiar portion of scripture. It says there, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Chapter 5 and verse 3. It says there, In these lay a great multitude of sick people. It was at the, the, the pool of Bethesda. Lame, blind, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. What were they waiting for? The moving of the water. They knew that the water was going to move. Come on now. 
They knew that something was going on. They weren't saying, well, Lord, just come and get us because nothing's going to happen. That is not the church that God is raising up right now. God is raising up a church who's saying, God, we are ready. Hello, we are ready for great exploits. You're stirring the waters and we know that we're going to be part of that stirring. In this story, it's a fantastic story. Because it says there, verse, uh, where are we? Verse verse 3 and verse 4 now. It says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and he stirred up the water. So when God stirs, there's angelic activity. There is angelic activity taking place in your life right now. You need to confess that. You need to believe that. Even though you don't see it, you know that God is stirring the church right now. That is a word from God, I can assure you right now. That is a word right now. God is stirring the church right now. And it's exciting. And so when there's a stirring, there's this angelic activity that's taking place. There's angels that accompany you. There is angels that are ready at the, at the word of the Lord concerning you to be active. And so it says there then, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool, and he stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. In other words, God says, I don't care what disease you've got. I don't care if it's leprosy. I don't care if it's cancer all over your body. I don't care what it is if you're lame, if you're sick, if you're weak. I don't care what it is. In other words, there's no restriction to what God is going to do for those who are ready to be stirred. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. God says, just get in the water, man. Don't worry. Don't don't tell me what it is. I don't have to know that you're dying. I know that if you get in the water, if you you attend to the stirring, if you know the season that you're in, and you attend to that stirring, then I'm telling you, man, I am going to do the things that people said you could never do. They told you you could never evangelize. I'm telling you, you're going to be stirred to evangelize. You're going to be a great business person. I'm telling you, that's the stirring that's taking place. You're going to be influential. You're going to do great exploits for God. I need an an excitable amen. I mean, this is the word of the Lord right now. I feel it in my spirit. This is the word of the Lord. There's a stirring. There's a stirring. And he goes on and he says there, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Hey, that's why I'm here. Come on, man. I mean, guy would get himself down there every day. He's lying there waiting for the stirring. But he can't get in because he can't get in. So Jesus comes along and he says, do you you want to be made well? It's like, don't ask me the obvious. You know I want to be made well. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Listen, that is the reason you come to church every week. That is the reason you're a faithful church. Because you sense... One of these days, just one of these days, Jesus is going to come along. And you're there, man. You drag, you don't drag. You come to church every week, you're ready. You're ready. You're singing the songs. You're singing the praise. You're ready. One of these days, God's, Jesus is going to say, what do you actually want from me? You come every week, but what do you actually want? What is it that I can stir in your life? 
and you already know there's something he's put in there. The Holy Spirit has already come to you. He's visited you and he's already stirred something. Maybe it's just a little thing. Maybe it's deep inside you, but there is something there ready to be stirred into a flame, into a fire, into something powerful. I'm not talking to you this morning. I'm talking about you this morning. That is who you are. Hallelujah. So when God stirs, everything becomes possible. And you know the story, right? You know the story. Sick man answered and said, Sarah, I've no mind to put me into the pool. And when the water is stirred, uh, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. You will not miss your portion. No one's going to take what God has got for you. But you've got to be stirred up. You've got to be ready. Amen. And, 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 and Jesus said to him, just rise, take up your bed and walk. Just don't worry about the water. I'm already here. Oh, hallelujah. We're not looking for food. We're not looking for water where we can get into the pool. But Jesus says, I'm already here. One word from me is enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Just one word from me. Take your bed, man, and go. Rise up and walk. Because there's stuff to do. Hallelujah. Well, that's really not what I was going to preach on this morning. But I just, I actually, I wanted to preach in Mark chapter 10, but that just caught my attention when I was this morning. I want you to go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Because it's a similar story. But as I was preparing this sermon this week, I felt the Lord say, tell them that 2016 and beyond are going to be days of remarkable signs and wonders. 2016 and beyond. Great mysteries unfolded. This mysterious church is going to, the golden age of the church is going to come to light. At the moment the world looks at the church and says, who's that? Just now they're going to say, we know who that is. I need some enthusiasm. We know who that is. That is the church of the living God. He says, by this you will know that I'm among you. You won't have to ask who you guys They'll know that God is among you because you'll be laying, I feel stirred this morning. You'll be laying hands in the sick and you'll see them recover. You'll get words of knowledge and word of wisdom at the right time. You'll feel something. That is the church. The golden age is upon us. Supernatural testimonies. We'll get testimonies almost every week of supernatural things that we've never heard of before. The devil's in a confused state. He doesn't know which way to turn. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. He doesn't know who God's going to use next. It's really confusing time for him. Because the mystery of the end time church is unfolding. And God is raising up just normal men and women. Who are becoming so empowered by the things of the spirit. Like as the devil says, no, I said that could never happen. But now look what's happening. This is amazing. That is you I'm talking about. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about you. That is you that I'm talking about this morning. You are that person. Many of you have glimpsed into the promised land and you've liked it. You've said, oh, I like that. I like the presence of the Lord. I like that. So you want to go back. Some of you have looked into the promised land and saw the power of God. And you've said, I like that. I'd like to go back. You've seen the healings and miracles. You've tasted the goodness of God. And you've said, I like that. I want to go back to that place. Some of you have seen answered prayer. Some of you have seen souls soul saved. Hallelujah. And, we, and you've said, I like that. 
I like when we get soul saved. I want to go back to that promised land. You've glimpsed the promised land and you've liked it. You've sensed the season that we're in. And I keep preaching the same message. It doesn't matter how I do it. The season that we're in and the urgency of the Spirit to respond to the urgency of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't have to convince you too much. I'm just reminding you this morning of what God is already doing in your life. God, I wish you could know how excited God is about you. Did you go to Mark chapter 10? All right, in Mark chapter 10, in verse 46, Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it's blind Bartimaeus. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. You know, he might have been a beggar, but he wasn't sitting at home, eh? Come on now. <laughs> he may have been a beggar, but he wasn't sitting home watching television. Well, you know what? Oh yeah, he's blind. Sorry, thanks, Barbara. <laughs> thanks for that, Barbara. 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 <laughs> Take five. Love you, baby. This is my wife, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's good. That you're so sharp. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't at home listening to the radio. <laughs> Jeez. You're sharp. I must watch. <laughs> oh, did you hear that when I said blind back to me? She says he. She's watching. Don't worry. It's too late. We missed the moment. I'm going to scratch that out of my nose. Jeez. Why didn't I see that? Ah, obviously got in my nose. You won't receive anything sitting at home listening to the radio. He was at the right place, right? Oh, blind Bartimaeus. He sat by there begging, and it says in, in Mark 10, verse 47, what does it say? It says there, watch what it says, it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, he was doing all that he could do, this guy. All he could do was get himself there, and all he could do was to cry out. When he heard that Jesus was passing by Jericho, he started crying out, and he started crying out something specific. Have mercy on me, uh, son of David, Jesus, son of David. That term is a very powerful term. It is a messianic term. It is a term which basically signifies you are the deliverer. I'm crying out to you for deliverance. I may be lying here, but I'm going to get delivered. It says, and, 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 and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy, have mercy on me. He knew that something was happening. He knew this was his opportunity. He knew this was his season. Do you know, Jesus could have passed them by. Amen. There will be people in the church that Jesus will pass right by. He'll, he'll pass by a church that you're in, not you. But he'll pass by a church that you're in because you're not positioned to hear who's passing by. 
You're not tuned in to hear what the Spirit is saying. So you'll miss the season. We have to be tuned in to the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying right now? We can't just have church where we have good sermons and, and speak good stuff so you can be lifted up and say, oh, well, yeah, you got that one, Chick, so now I know how to do that. There's got to be something more than that. Certainly I'm going to do that at this church. Yes. That we sense what the Spirit is saying. What is the Holy Ghost saying? And then what is my part in that? He's saying something right now. There's a stirring going on right now. And that stirring will not go away. It will not go away. It will not go away until the glorious church emerges. And in its fullness, it is emerging right now, but in its fullness. So you might as well settle in your heart, what is it, God? What is this thing that I'm feeling right now? Can I just walk away from that? Or am I supposed to embrace that? You're supposed to embrace it. There's a stirring in the spirit realm. And it's exciting. The Messiah, the miracle worker, the healer of the blind. What an opportunity, man. What an opportunity that this God has come my way. Oh, hallelujah. What an opportunity that this God has come. What a privilege. Someone said it this morning, I forget. What what a privilege that God has come my way at this time. I listen to a lot of the prophets and what these guys have said. And they're saying, we've never had a season like this before. We've never had an opportunity like this ever before. When God is visiting the church. When God is saying something to the church right now. So we've got to shake off these shackles. We've got to shake off the things that's keeping us in the low level place of the spirit. We have to move higher into the things of the Spirit. This blind Bartimaeus guy was not going to miss his opportunity. He thought there's no way. He cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, that description, when it talks about mercy, he's basically saying, Jesus, give me what I don't deserve. Be merciful. That's what mercy is. God, give me what I don't deserve. Use me however you can. Don't pass me by. Give me eyes to see what I cannot see. Give me faith to believe what I cannot believe. Use me powerfully. I might just be a housewife, but God, use me powerfully. You are God and I am man, but we're together and I'm open. And I'm willing to be used of you. And it says in verse 40, this is typical. This is what we must reject and refuse. In verse 48, it says, And many warned him to be quiet. Shut up, man. And it says, He cried out all the more. God is speaking to me. Someone will say, Shut up. Who do you think you're? You're nobody, man. You're not a pastor. You don't have a degree. You've never been to Bible school. You've never done this. You've never done that. You never done. Just shut up. That's the devil. Because the Lord is saying, I can use you. I can use you. See, you cannot silence someone who wants God's attention. You cannot. They will rise to the top. They're the cream. 
Someone who's saying, I just dare believe that this God can actually use me. I might not be nobody. I might be blind at the moment. But man, I'm telling you, God can use me. I just know God can use me. You're here for something powerful. Something powerful. Am I getting the message across? You're here for something powerful. This is a powerful season that we're in. Don't let the devil tell you you can't when God says you can. With man it is impossible. That's right. But with God all things. You listen to man, you'll never get anywhere. You listen to what man tells you, you'll never get anywhere. You listen to what God tells you, and you'll do all things. You cannot. He says, the Amplified Bible says, this guy cried out, have mercy on me now. God do it now. I'm not going to wait here any longer. Do it now. Stir something in my heart today, right now. Can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow will come and tomorrow will go. But now, you're passing by right now. I feel this prophetic strong this morning. You're passing by right now. Do it now. I don't want to talk about how you pass by. I don't want to talk about how the revival could have come. I don't want to talk about how I could have been used in revival. I don't want to read about revival in other books. I want to be part of that revival now. This is in your heart, Jim. Stir me now. I'm available. Hello. I'm available, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, the church has become too cool, too dignified. We're too cool for words. We're not desperate enough to cry out. We're, we're very cool. You know, we sing coolly. It's like, you know, we'll never clap. Not you. A lot of people listen to my podcast. So maybe not even you who are listening. <laughs> must be careful. But, but uh, you know, we become too cool. We don't, we don't dance. You kidding? Would you stir yourself to move out into the aisle? Not now. And just Dance. Amen. I like that. <laughs> I mean, would, you, would you stir yourself to lift your hand and pray? Would you stir yourself to shout out during the prayer? Would you stir yourself to do something that would get God's attention? Or are we going to be dignified? Come on, man. Is that the church that we are? Yes, Lord. We are that church. We're not going to miss this. I'm, I'm preaching something to you this morning that's going to stick in your spirit. You will not forget it. I know by the Spirit of God, you will not forget this sermon. It'll stir in your heart. It'll stir in your heart. If God can do it for Kate, come on, man. If God, you know, Natalie says, and, and Mark 10, look what happens. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. This guy stopped Jesus in his tracks. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. What? Was that? Someone must have said, he's calling you. You can't see it, but he's calling you. That's not a revelation, right? But 
The message translation says in verse 49, underline this, the message translation says, Jesus stopped in his tracks. He stopped in his tracks. Imagine Jesus stopping in his tracks. Imagine getting the attention of Jesus where he just stops. What was that? He's gone somewhere, but he just... What was that? There's a lot of voices out there. But wait a minute, there's, just, there's one voice that I'm hearing here. There's one voice that's crying out for mercy. There's just one voice. Who's that? It's a blind guy. Okay? Tell him to come here. Can you imagine the excitement? He's talking about me. He wants me. That cry must have worked. That cry must have worked. Jesus was basically saying, I will always stop when I hear the cry of a man's heart. I will always stop when I hear the cry of a woman's heart. Look what this guy did in Mark 10, 50. We're nearly finished. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. What does that signify? It signifies that he threw off his hindrances to get to Jesus. No more I'm not going to drag myself. Probably his garment maybe was old, maybe it was smelly. Who knows? Jesus couldn't have cared about that. But it signifies to me that he was throwing off the old man because he was going to get something from the new man. He rose and came to Jesus. He literally, one of the translations says, he literally ran to Jesus. Imagine a blind man running. And he did, by, by the way, Barbara. He ran. He must have said, where is he? Where, where is he? He's, he's this way. Just maybe someone took him by that. Where, where? He ran to Jesus. Some of us can see and we stroll to Jesus. This blind man run to Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. Jesus said, what do you want from me to do for you? The blind man says, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. It was obvious to Jesus what he needed. But there are times where you have to cry out to God to let God know what you want and cry out to God. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the road. See, the devil lies. He says, you're just a beggar sitting helpless on the side of the road, but God says, no. No. You're just a beggar, sitting on the side of the road, but God says, no. God says, that one sitting on the side of the road, that one, I have paid the biggest price. Therefore, bring him here. Bring her here. What do you want from me then, he says? I need my sight. He says, you've got it. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Can you imagine a commotion? Peter must have said, wow. You were blind, but now you can see. Yeah. 
What happened? I cried out to God. This is, a, this is the only testament this guy had. This guy couldn't say, I studied theology for 16 years. He, the only testament he had was this. I cried out for mercy. And the miracle worker, he heard me. He heard me. You mean he, that's all you did? He says, yeah, that's right. I just cried out, God, help me, use me, deliver me, empower me. Let me not miss the move of God that's upon us. Let's create history by becoming part of that great move. See, sometimes the word, most times the word is the miracle in your life. What I mean by that is this, that you can take a word like this and take it away and meditate on it and it will transform you. It'll be a miracle word. I feel that this morning. A miracle word. A miracle word. This, I believe, is the season that we're in. You know? This is, this is the season when God is, is saying to people, <clears throat> that I know the enemy is active in this regard, but the enemy is so actively saying to Christians, just quit or compromise, yeah. or don't worry about it stuff this is not the time to do that this is the time to run to God this is the time to position yourself at the pool this is the time to get down when you know the waters are stirring this is the time to to do that God, God, what is it Margaret Court phoned me this week some of you know Margaret Court she phoned me just to say hi and um, she always says the same thing. She'll say, Tom, what has God shown you right now? But before she could ask me, I asked her. Because she always asked me that. So I thought, I'd get in first. <laughs> she always asked. So I, I got in first. And I says, so Margaret, what has God shown you right now? And she said, oh, I believe that you know, God is, is saying that there, you know, there's something new. And she shared some stuff. And I says, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. That there's, there's a, and I used the word stirring. Because I've been preparing this sermon. There's a stirring going on right now. And it's exciting. It is so exciting. And she said this to me. Now, I don't know what Margaret's age is, but she's a bit older than me. And she says, Tom, she said, it's quite amazing. She says, you know, I'm really busy. And and, uh, I really feel that God is using me more at this stage than ever before. And I feel a refreshing. I feel a refreshing. I says, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like a youngster. I do. I do. You can't put, you can't put me down, man. I feel, I've, but it's, not, it's nothing in me. It's not, it's not me. It is the spirit that is energizing. I mean, that is the season that we're in. It's a powerful season. This has been another podcast from Sydney Life Church. For more teaching and resources, please head to our website, sydneylifechurch.com.